0: 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 3 o'clock hour, thanks to PK for last last hour. But joining me now, my boss on Saturdays, essentially. <laughs> Jeff Miller of Mark Miller Subaru is kind enough to sit in with me from now until 5. Hi, Jeff. How's it going? You picked our band of the day, Queen. Yeah. Why?
1: I know, something like for some We Are the Champions, maybe we'll rock you. Are you
0: feeling like this might be Yeah, right. The year? I mean, that's
1: kind of what I'm feeling. I've been a Jazz fan since I was, I don't know, four years old. Oh, I thought you were going to games at the Salt
0: Palace. I thought you were going for the Bees, that they might finally win that Pacific Coast.
1: <laughs> I'm actually going to the Bees game on Friday with the kids.
0: So, Well, that's fantastic. I'm so excited. I love to have going to a watch baseball, baseball back. games.
1: Oh, I'm so excited.
0: And the Bees, uh, Joe Adele, the top prospect for the Angels, just announced yesterday he's headed to Salt Lake to start the season. So there's some good uh, good ball to see out of Smiths Ballpark, uh, but we're going to talk about the Jazz. We're going to talk about the BYU Cougars, the Utes. LeBron is doing LeBron type things. LeBron is LeBroning. We'll talk about that. We'll talk NFL draft, but we're going to get out to the Zone phone and get our uh, our legendary insider on with us. Now, you know, we welcome him in, longtime NBA uh, assistant coach right here in Utah as well for the Jazz and the uh, the pride of oh golly, I don't. Oh okay, we'll call we'll call Gordy Cheese up here in just a moment. We'll get him on. Brian will get that connected. While we dial out to uh, Gordy uh, Jeff, you're back fresh off of a pretty cool trip.
1: Yeah, an epic epic golf trip. I was spent last weekend in Bandon Dunes playing six rounds of golf in 3 days with my dad, my brother, my brother-in-law. It was a present for my dad for his 70th birthday. And it was uh, as advertised, difficulty and amazingness. <laughs>
0: God, all I got my dad for his birthday was a gift card.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Five golf courses in the top 20 <laughs> in the country and 10-mile-an-hour winds, 15-mile-an-hour winds in every direction. And, and it, I, I it asked It was hard. You. It was hard, hard golf and all walking, so 40 miles in three days.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And you're on a bum knee. Yeah, and I tore my MCL three weeks ago. But, so hey, you I, weren't it's gonna give dunes, up I wasn't giving up that trip. It's an, it was a year to plan.
0: How long do you have to book that? A
1: year out. So they are booked for the next year. you want to book a foursome like we did, a year out to book it. Good grief.
0: Uh, And I asked you in the break, was it even fun? Because it sounds like really hard golf.
1: It was really fun. It was hard golf, but it was really fun. Good.
0: At least. Really fun. Are you the type of golfer that if you have a bad round, you wish you hadn't gone? Or are you the type of golfer that's like, hey, I'm golfing. What does it matter?
1: I think almost all those rounds, I was pretty happy. The last round, the sixth round where my knee was just killing me, like that one... (laughs) I probably could have done without, but the course was so amazing that I still enjoyed it. Still enjoyed being out there.
0: Well, it's one of those uh, bucket list places for golfers.
1: Absolutely. It's I, definitely up it there. It is a bucket list for sure. I would recommend it to anybody who's a true golfer and loves the game of golf because it is fun. It is very hard, though, and I would not recommend the black tee boxes. You were hitting from the blacks? I played the blacks in all five rounds. Why? What are you doing to yourself? The, the last two rounds was a bad idea. knees started hurting, <laughs> but I mean, I shot an 80 on Saturday on you're Pacific kidding. on Pacific Dunes. Wow, yeah, that's I played really great. cool. Three birdies. I played really well at that course.
0: I think I shot an 80 over the last nine holes I played down at the Muni. <laughs> <laughs> it was close. Maybe it was 90.
1: What but. you don't get though there is it's the wind. It's, yeah, I mean, you're, there were some holes you're playing a three three club wind. Mm. I mean, you're hitting. Three clubs up <laughs> to try and get it to the to grid. They're coming win. up short. Unbelievable.
0: Well, we'll get more on that. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there really jealous of you right now. We've oh. got some great golf around here and a lot of people golf. Great golf so around here. People are probably really mad at you that you <laughs> are back from Bandon and now hosting the radio show. Today. Absolutely. Cool. But let's get out to the zone phone. The legend, Gordy Chiesa, is with us once again. He's with us every Monday to talk jazz and NBA coach. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, guys. Thank you. We're excited to have you on. Let's dive right in with the Utah Jazz. I thought they had every built-in excuse or reason or whatever moniker you want to put on it to, to fold up shop on Saturday against Toronto, and they just didn't. They fought through all that, and they got some good play from Boyan Bogdanovich and they got that hard-earned win. What were your takeaways from that uh, 106-102 victory?
2: Well, one, it was very gritty. And the Jazz really fought hard in the fourth quarter where they held the Raptors to only 13 points. So for the knockout punch defensively, they delivered. So the Jazz outscored them 21 to 13 to win, to, uh was a plus eight to win by uh, four points. But in that game was uh, Boyan Bondanovich. He really rescued the Jazz to start the game. How he got himself going. He scores, he scores with 17 points in the first quarter, and then the rest of the game got into the flow of it. So without him, the, the initial thrust by him, that, the, the Raptors who played well the whole game, it gave them some sort of a, a intensity to fight back, and, and they did. I thought the Jazz bench really played well. Remember now, Michael Conley's not playing, and neither is Donovan Mitchell. So now Joe starts, and he's in the starting lineup, and so is George Niang. So now the bench is now a different look. But the Jazz bench in that game, Watson and Jeff, they outscored the Raptors 32-13. to 13. So the Jazz bench is superior. They came through, and that was a huge factor in the game. And the last point about the game with the Jazz winning was uh, young Trent Forrest, undrafted out of Florida State last year, was invited to the draft party to get my drift, and suddenly when it times <laughs> in the end of the season right now, he's getting some good minutes, and those seven points and three assists, and that momentum corner three, that was a knockout punch. He's done a nice job for them.
1: How um how important do you think these bench minutes and these bench guys playing is going to become playoff time for the Jazz?
2: Well, usually speaking, Jeff, they, they shorten the bench in playoffs. Mm-hmm. But with that said, one injury changes everything. Yeah. Go bit. And so suddenly you're the tenth man. Now in a playoff game, you're the eighth man. And now you and suddenly in the game group and, the, and schematically they're playing off you to dare you to shoot. I call it taking a doubt jumper. So the question is going to be right now, can. Ursa Olasoba, who's a good player, who's shooting 47% from threes, especially the last week or so, when they back off him in a playoff game, can hit that jump shot. Or Trent Forrest, when they back off him in the game, can hit that jump shot instead of double-teaming Donovan. These are all things that the mental part of it, or if Rudy gets an early foul trouble, God forbid can Derek Favors hold the jazz in there and dominate the paint. And then with that jump hook follow through we'll say uh, just for the narrative, getting back to back jump hook baskets to put the jazz up by five in a playoff game. So the bench is absolutely uh, crucial. They might not start, but they impact the game tremendously.
0: What do you think of uh, Bogdanovich of late where he's, he had a rough season, up to about a month ago, and then he had one bad game uh, where he shot one of 11 and one of seven at Minnesota. But since then, he's 16 of 29 overall, 9 of 22 from three, a uh, 58% effective field goal percentage, and averaging 23 points tonight since Donovan went out. Is this simply what he talked about after the game Saturday, that he just needs more touches to get going like this? Yeah, very
2: much. And also add to that, Every once in a while, with is really smart coaching by Quinn Snyder, they get him in the mid-block, old-school mid-block where he's so strong. And let's not forget, he's an 87.7% foul shooter. So when he gets bumped in a penalty, it's it's almost automatic two points. And he's driving the closeout. So as you become a much better marksman in season – the defense now is rotating and getting to your shooting hand, which now gives you a catch-and-go drive, and that's what he's done. Instead, Early in the year, he was staying on his uh, challenge three and misfiring. Now he's making open shots, but when they come out of shooting hand, he catch and goes drives and the strikes, ball strikes in the lane, and he's, he's really playing well for them, and the Jazz need him. Let's not forget, last year during the playoffs, he didn't play. So when the Jazz got knocked out, unfortunately, four games to three, up three-one, he was not there. This year, it's, it's totally different.
1: Totally, and the Jazz—I mean, the Jazz this season are having a historical three-point shooting year, one of the, bad, the best shooting year in history. Do you worry about the Jazz having bad shooting nights in the playoffs, or do you think the great defense they play can overcome them?
2: I'm concerned, and the reason why is this: that Jeff, usually speaking, now I'm going to paint the canvas with one broad stroke. In most playoff games, the defense is fierce. It's those ugly 92-91 uh, games mm-hmm. versus 127-125 love fest you know, during a regular season. So the defense is absolutely gritty and most times on point. And in the fourth quarter, with a two-possession game, most of the points are scored in the fourth quarter are below the foul line extended, meaning what? Middle game and dribble drives to the basket or old-school post-ups or uh, getting to the foul line. And so the three-point shot is absolutely critical, but in the fourth quarter, it's taken away most of the time by the better defensive teams. So what you want to try to do is mix it up, take rhythm three, swing, swing, swing passes for a three, but just don't, don't shoot yourself out of a playoff game by trying to keep forcing three-point shots. It's that unbelievable mental balance where you adjust in the game because of the defense is playing you.
1: Do you think... Unlike last year where we didn't have him, that's where Bogdanovich is going to be key come playoff time is those late fourth quarter possessions where he can go that mid-range game.
2: Absolutely. And so is Michael Conley too. Michael has that float game Mm -hmm. where Donovan played great last year, but he was the lone soldier as far as being out there. It took so much energy out of him just to get the jazz to the final two possessions. And now he's trusted sidekicks with that middle game. So, there's nothing regular about the NBA playoffs. And the play on words is meaning what? Regular versus postseason. Is that the, it's a totally different game. They always say it's based on matchup. Yes, it is. But it's also, it's also based on that you've got to be able to score the ball in the mid range game.
0: Coach, uh, I've, I'm wondering whose injury impacts his team's uh, chance of winning it all more Donovan Mitchell or LeBron James?
2: LeBron James. As great as the Lakers are, the world champion, LeBron absolutely drives the ship. Now, Donovan's absolutely a great player, but let's not forget, you can make a narrative, Austin, that the Jets have the best team in basketball, one through ten. I didn't say one through four, one through ten. Okay. You can make that narrative. And so it would be devastating if Donovan got hurt, God forbid. But from the Lakers' point of view, LeBron is the guy. In other words, LeBron, when he plays the top of his game, he's almost impossible to guard in a playoff game. Meaning what? It's a locomotive coming at you in transition, and he's such a great team player that he gets everybody involved. So suddenly Caruso's making rainbow threes, and so is Colwell Pope making shots, and so is Anthony Davis getting the ball in rhythm. So in the Lakers' point of view, they need him. The last point about the Lakers is, is that they're struggling, but it's, for them it's perfectly normal. And let's not forget, last year in the last seven games of the season, the Lakers were 2-5. and five. It was the exact same narrative. The, the big difference, though, right now is that of the injuries to LeBron, they, there's no rhythm. Anthony Davis who's absolutely struggled the whole year, and now with, um, and, and, and now with the, the COVID-19 as far as a uh, situation um, with um, Dennis Schrute is not going to play for the next 10 days or so. So they're set back as far as chemistry on the floor.
0: So are you sa- would it be safe to say you believe the Jazz as a team are a better team than the Lakers without LeBron?
2: That is correct. Okay. Uh, okay. Absolutely. Yeah, the answer is yes. Yes. And, again, Anthony Davis is uh, – the, the Lakers are the two to top five players in the NBA with Anthony Davis and LeBron. But the Jazz and even the Suns, to their credit, the Suns have, a, again, a deep bench – and a playoff basketball, even though you shorten the bench, those guys will be in the – and the injuries change everything. Or double, You know, most games are so intense. And a lot of times it's overtime games. So suddenly you're the ninth man and you're in the overtime. You get the back-to-back shots looking to the basket. When the defense doesn't rotate to you, you've got to make that shot. And a lot of, that was Crusoe last year. So, Austin and Jeff—that uh, was a, a crucial of the Lakers. He made all those open jump shots, and Cobo Pope, and that was the difference in the uh, in the uh, Lakers' victory.
1: So, with uh, the lingering injuries and Schroeder being out for the next ten days, would you want to face the Lakers in the first round? <laughs>
2: No, I would not. No, the answer is no. I, I prefer not to. Again, when you're a coach, uh, you respect everybody. So I'm asking this question even, all, all, even now, like today, who do you want to play in the first round of is that, uh, with the Jazz per se? And the answer is, let's just play. And that's the truth <laughs> because you just have to play. Because when you overthink yourself or overanalyze, that's when you don't play your game. Most, most playoff games are absolutely fierce and gritty. Most of them are. And that. You do it. It's a man's league, and you show me a young team, and I'll show you what, a non-playoff team. Mm. So that's they got the Phoenix Suns, Jeff. Totally. They didn't make the playoffs for 10 straight years, 10 years. They get this guy, his name, what's his name again, Chris Paul? What? What's his name? They get him into the mix, and suddenly everything changes because he is demanding uh, – DeAndre Ayton, who's a young talent to run back on defense, to put a body on somebody in transition. He's demanding that Devin Booker, who's absolutely a spectacular shooter, hey, come on, come on, you've got to play defense some of the time versus none of the time. And then so the, it was magical what the Suns have done. And so the Jazz and, the Jazz and Suns now are trying to get that, both trying to get that first seed, and it should be interesting uh, how it plays out. You realize that the Suns have the best record in basketball on the road. They're twenty one and nine, and the Jazz have the best record in basketball at home. They're twenty seven and four. So both teams have established a dominance, whether it's home or away. And the last point about the Sun, because it pertains to the Jazz, the Suns have, like the Jazz, eight games left. They have six on the road and two at home. So the question is, can the Suns the best record on the road in basketball continue that and win those tough road games by one or by two because of Chris Paul's brilliance and the rest of the group right now uplifting what they do as far as defensively.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And with the Suns, with the relatively few injuries they've had to key personnel, it's allowed them to have that rhythm.
2: So- oh, yeah, the rhythm is absolutely important in basketball because a lot of times you have a talented team, but the pieces don't fit. And that's what makes it so interesting. You know, I can't explain chemistry, but I can explain it when you don't have it. It's that unbelievable feel That's what makes MJS basketball so unique and wonderful. Joe Ingles, I know this guys that are better than him. All I know is this, that whenever that guy's in the game, he always plays relatively well. But more importantly, all his trusted sidekicks always uh, outperform because Joe's on the court. Being a jumbo passer and being a willing passer and being an unbelievable three-point threat is that he gets everybody involved in it, and then he's a gritty defensive player. So that's part of the the jazz chemistry, and the better teams have that, and that's the, the Phoenix Suns. It should be a great yep. race for the race to be number one, and remember, you want to... If you could, if things were equal, get the home court. I know there's less fans, so it's not as dominant if there was a 19,000 fans at Vivint Smart Arena. But what you want to do, it takes away less travel. That extra home game, it was game seven, or it was a five-game series, you knock out somebody four games to one, you're playing the games at home, which is critical.
1: So when you talk about the rhythm on it, how many games would you hope the Jazz have with the full roster before the playoffs start? three
2: yeah okay. three yeah three i mean that's realistic three because you know and, and again the jazz are smart people so with donovan mitchell's a severe sprained right ankle the jazz right now with donovan missed the last eight games with that injury versus the pacers the jazz are 4 and 4 donovan missed two games earlier l- in late january against the dallas both home games the jazz won so so the jazz this season without donovan mitchell the, the jazz are 6 and 4 so that what you want to do is make sure he's 100% correct, uh, as far as, uh, correct as far as his ankle, and bring him, bring him back if things were almost equal, maybe against uh, possibly the Trailblazers. Most times when a guy off injury, you want to bring him back at a home game if things were equal as far as the schedule. So I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just talking out loud to Jeff and to Austin that the Jazz played uh, the Trailblazers next Wednesday. So it'll be Wednesday, no. the Trailblazers, then the Thunder, and then the Kings.
0: Why, why do you want it to be a home game? Because it's more natural. It's just
2: more In other words, you, you get extra treatment. In other words, you're getting treatment on the road, but just as far as an injury, everything is more natural for you when you first came back, we'll say, in two and a half weeks or so. It's just natural being at home. Hey, Austin, you love being at home.
0: I love being at home. <laughs> it's Austin, better.
2: Austin it's... my dog friend, you love being at home. <laughs> That's right. I can right. And that, so think about it as a player. And now, by the way, my ankle, it's 100%. Really? <laughs> I think it is. Really? I'm, I'm, let me bust it out right now. Let me, let me do some, uh, some hammer dunks. Really? It's just, If you're going to do that, you're going to do it at home.
0: That is me at home. I do hammer dunks all the time with the Oreo into the milk. That's it's, it's
2: amazing, like, uh, with players, how, you know, how they think and at how the management thinks and how the coaches think. And this is an unbelievable winning potion that with the better teams, again, the better teams, they get it. And that's the Jazz basketball right now, is that the Jazz have an elite team. Also, Jeff and Austin, we left out another team that we all respect, even though they're arch rivals, the Denver Nuggets. I mean, the Nuggets, Austin and Jeff, those guys could have caved in five times during the year. And Jamal Murray, who's a major player, is that until next uh, after the All break next year, February uh, 2022, without uh, Jamal Murray, the Nuggets are nine and one.
1: Wow, do you do, do you think that there's something to the fact that with Jamal Murray out, the Denver Nuggets are playing a completely different kind of basketball, and the teams haven't scouted it yet?
2: I know the answer is no, Jeff. I think that it's more that the players. Know that they need, they, they've they collectively banded together, and that they know that with, with Jamal Murray, uh, who's a really a great shooter, a timely shooter, that they know they have to do more collectively. And okay. to their credit, they have. I and agree. and, and uh, really, uh, Nicola Jokic should be the MVP. And that's not, I'm not dissing Joel Embiid or Giannis or a Chris Paul or a Stephen Curry. I'm not dissing them at all.
0: Or Joe Ingles, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, again, but
2: Joe Ingles Joe should, be, should be second in the uh, voting for six men of the year behind Jordan Clarkson.
0: Hey, before we let you go, I know you have a list for us every single week. What's the theme today?
2: The list today is the San Antonio Spurs, the Jazz opponent tonight, who we all respect again. This list is the, it gets my opinion of the, the 10 greatest, San Antonio Spurs players. Wow. Let's not forget that these, the Spurs have, used to be an ABA team, and the last part about it is that they've been coached by the same person, Greg Popovich. This is his 25th year as far as being the coach.
0: So this is spanning their ABA years as well?
2: Yes, it okay, is. Okay, okay. Yeah, but there's only one guy that played in the APE at the list, only one guy. All right, number 10, and this is, again, all-around players besides just the shooters. Number 10, Bruce Bowen. Three NBA titles, five, five times uh, first-team all-defense. Number nine, he played in the ABA but also the NBA. His nickname was Captain Late because he was always reliable in late games. He was a two-time ABA all-star, and he was a scoring guard. His name was James Snake, uh, Snake Silas, He was a terrific player. Number eight, we all know him. Won championship in 1994, two-time all-star, Sean Elliott. Number seven, his nickname was The A-Train. He's in the Hall of Fame, great sh- uh, shot blocker, rebounder, scorer, artist Gilmore. Number six, this guy, everybody loves the way he played. He's from Argentina. He's a fearless co- a competitor, four, MB- four NBA championships. One time he didn't start, so he's voted the sixth man of the year. <laughs> he was absolutely the soul of the Spurs, the soul. We all love him, Manu Ginobili. Number five, Played with the Spurs for seven years. That was his first team. He was MVP of the 2014 Spurs Championship. He went to Toronto. Now he plays for the L.A. Clippers. He played for the, uh, the Spurs for seven years. His first team, Kawhi Leonard. Number four, future Hall of Famer. His native country is France. He was the 28th pick of the 2001 draft. And Jeff and, uh, Jeff and, uh, a little side note, I worked this guy out twice <laughs> on the court before the draft. Me personally, back in 2001. And for all the wrong reasons that he went to the and draft him. We he went the to the, Lopez, right? That's exactly right. He went, he went to the San Antonio Spurs. Everybody loves him. He's again, he gave it his all. Tony Parker. Number three, his nickname was the Admiral, two NBA titles, Hall of Fame. He was the first pick in the 1987 draft. He was absolutely a winning player, uh, David Robinson. I right, number two. His nickname is called the Iceman Cometh. He had this incredible... mid-range game, and he had the longest ever finger roll in the history of basketball. He used to drive to the basket and take this finger roll shot from about 12 feet out, and he made all of them. He was absolutely an an innate scorer, played both in the ABA and the NBA, in the Basketball Hall of Fame, George Gerving, and number one, we all love him also, five NBA championships. He's in the Hall of Fame right now. He's a They call Mr. Fundamentals, and he absolutely carried the uh, Spurs with the heavy lifting without saying a word for, for 19 years, Tim Duncan. Thus, that's my San Antonio Spurs Hall of Fame. And the last one is interesting is that Let's get some love to the mascot. Do you realize, uh, Austin? The Coyote? Uh, that's right. The Coyote, <laughs> alias Tim Dirk, who I know. Because, again, I, I, mean, I coached Jess for so many years and other teams. I, I used to be hang out with this guy before the game sometimes, you know, <laughs> as far as talking to him because I was on the court, you know, yeah. 530. So I see him all the time getting ready to, to perform. His name is uh, Tim Dirk. He was in, inducted into the Mascot Hall of Fame. So they're Spurs Hall of Famers, both players and mascots. So you got to love these guys.
0: Absolutely. ball. Although that Coyotes eyes, they're crazy. They're kind of uh, scary to look into those eyes. They're Betty Davis eyes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Coach, we love you. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, guys. Stay well. Thank Be you. Well. Peace out, Coach Cordy Chiesa. Uh, coming up next, we'll get into some Utah football talk. There's a race up on the hill this fall. Also. If there's time, we'll talk about something that went down on Twitter, not necessarily over the weekend, but it came up over the weekend, and we'll get a jazz update next here on The Big Show.